Interested in energetics, intention, alignment, integrity, and ethics? You're in the right place. Welcome to the Sacred Leadership Podcast. This space is for you to gain inspiration, wisdom, and knowledge from exceptional leaders to support you in your leadership journey. I'm your host, Amber Gordon, trained therapist and intention and alignment coach here to ask all the deep questions to get the raw truths. Settle in, take a breath, set your intention for what you're open to receiving from this episode, because it is time to drop in. Welcome back to the Sacred Leadership Podcast. I am really thrilled because this is somebody who is a new connection for me. I actually went to a networking event in Philadelphia and um, Kelly Lynn Adams, who is on with me today, was a panelist at that networking event. And hearing Kelly Lynn share about her story, I immediately was like, please come on my podcast. Um, And Kelly Lynn was kind enough to make some time in her very busy schedule to come on and chat with us today. So for those of you who don't know, Kelly Lynn Adams is an award-winning certified executive leadership life and business coach, international speaker, mental health advocate, and creator of the Perfectly Imperfect podcast, listened to globally. She has coached and served thousands of high-achieving leaders, managed their mindset, maximize their time, and monetize their businesses. Uh, She helps people to redefine success through shifting and reprogramming their thoughts, increasing their confidence, stepping into their power, and supersizing their self-love, which is something we're going to talk about today. She's also an IPEC certified and trained in different modalities, methodologies, and she also um, has worked with NLP, which I definitely want to have a little conversation about that there, IFS, emotional intelligence, somatic release techniques, all the juicy bits. So we're kind of going to like get into what some of those things are, because I know a lot of people are really interested. They see these acronyms. They don't really know what they would be a good fit for. Um, So we're definitely going to do a little bit of an informational dive since you are a wealth of knowledge, my friend. Um, But before we get into our conversation today, if you could just share a little bit about your journey, kind of like where you came from and how you found yourself here, um, just so that people can get to know you the way that I got to know you a couple weeks ago. Yes, Amber, I'm so excited to be here. Thank you so much for having me on this podcast. And this podcast has just been so uh, powerful, I think, for people. So gosh, my journey, where do I begin? So I first started on Wall Street and then climbed the corporate ladder for 20 plus years, working for some of the biggest luxury fashion and retail brands. And I always knew I wanted more. I had every girl's dream job that wanted to be in fashion. And I loved it. I learned so much. And I was like, you know, there has to be more because I knew I didn't want to be in corporate for the rest of my life. So I started in network marketing. I was selling skincare in people's houses. And then one of my best clients was like, you'd be a great coach. And this is back in 2009 when... I feel like coaching wasn't really like a a thing back then. Now everybody's like, yeah, I'm a coach. I woke up this morning and I figured out that I know how to breathe. So I'm going to be a coach. (laughs) Yeah, so I was like, what do you mean? Like a basketball coach? She's like, no, like a life and business coach. I'm like, what the heck is that? You know? So I went back and I got certified and I was like, oh my gosh, this is it. So I didn't really continue with network marketing. I kind of like let it go in a sense. And because I would still remember climbing the corporate ladder this whole time. So I... Yeah, so I started coaching and speaking back in 2009, and I was reporting to CEOs and CFOs at the time in corporate. And I remember back, I think, 
when was it? A couple of years ago, I was working for big fashion brand, Gucci, mm. and I burnt out <laughs> physically, mentally, emotionally burnt out. I landed in the hospital, recovered. It took me two months to recover. Wow. And I was like, what is going on? And that point, I was actually coaching women around self-love. And I was like, what am I doing? I, I remember one day before I landed in the hospital, I was in this conference room. And I looked at the clock. It was 4.30 in the afternoon. And I was like, wow, I haven't eaten anything. I haven't drank anything. I haven't gone to the bathroom even. So I knew what I was doing. And I was eating fast food, breakfast, lunch, and dinner. And mm. I wasn't having any fun. I was building my business at nights and on the weekends. So all the signs are pointing to burnout. It's just there was also some trauma underneath, like you know, work addiction. There's a lot of things mm -hmm. that mm -hmm. even though I was being coached and had my own coaches, there was more trauma that I really got to dive deeper into. Mm -hmm. So um, I made a decision. And I was like, I, I can't do both. And, and, and nor do I, I can't keep activating and, and, you know, climbing this corporate ladder and building and scaling my business. Mm -hmm. So I left a couple years ago and went full time into my coaching and speaking business. And then also a couple of years ago, I, I went deeper into my healing, my own healing. Mm. And uh, yeah, so that's a story in, the, in a nutshell. Yeah. And so kind of like going back a little bit, because I know that a lot of people that are going to listen to this are kind of, I call them like dual footing right now, where they kind of have their nine to five. And then they also have, you know, their soul passion, their soul calling the thing that really is like, okay, this is the thing that I'm meant to do. This is what really lights me up. And I feel like a lot of people get stuck a bit in that, like, okay, this is the thing that pays the bills. And then this is the thing I do because it's my soul calling. And you kind of were pushed to really make that decision in terms of like when you were going to make that leap. If you were going to kind of give past you a little bit of advice before you had gotten to those points, what would have been something that you then needed to hear to maybe make that leap a little bit sooner? Yeah. So I will say this. I've, I could have made the leap sooner. And even when I was in that place, I was like in total victim mentality. Like, why am I here? Because all of my friends at the time were entrepreneurs. And I was like the last of my friends to still be in corporate. So I also got to do a lot of the mindset work of being like, Kelly, you know, is it the self-trust piece? Like there was just, it was just my, it wasn't my time. And so it was okay, but there was a lot of judgment and shame and regret and uh, internal pressure that I actually was putting on myself. So some of the things I did is, number one, I started to look at my employer as my secret angel investor, being like, okay, they are my secret angel investor. I could either leave corporate and go get a business loan, or I, you know, I could either trade my time for my money or my money for my time. I mean, it's, it's either or. Uh, so I chose in that moment to, okay, I'm going to think of them as my secret angel investor. So I really did a mindset shift around that. Mm, wow, and then I love also, that. Yeah, the second thing I would say that was really difficult back then, and sometimes it rears its ugly head, is the competition of because all of my friends and peers were entrepreneurs full time. It was like, wow, like, how am I being with this? And I'm, I'm judging my story, you know, my chapter 
three to their chapter 10, even though maybe we started at the same time, everyone's journey is not the same. And so I started to, and even I remember this, going to a networking event. And instead of being like introducing myself to be like, oh, I work at you know DKY Deans or Gucci or whoever, I would actually shift and be like, I am, right, an entrepreneur, a global speaker, right? So it was also the way that I was being. And so I was really activating and embodying my future self, uh, even though it was, right, it, it maybe didn't feel as comfortable. So that's the second thing I did. And the third thing I did was really just tuning in and being like, okay, being intentional and being like, what, what is it? Because I remember saying to myself, I really want to make this decision like why what is holding me back and mm. ultimately it was a lot of like the healing it was a self-trust it was and I just remember people like leaving corporate and I'd be like why am I still here and one day it really just hit me and I used to hate hearing stories like this so it's interesting that I'm telling this <laughs> At, one day it hit me and I asked myself a question I'm sitting uh, working from home that day. And I looked at myself, there was a mirror that I have, you know, near my desk. And the question was, if I am in the same spot I am in a year from now, what would I do? And at that mm -hmm. moment, just something like totally shifted. I was like, oh no, <laughs> if I keep doing what I'm doing right now, and I'm here at the same spot a year from now, I am not okay with that. Mm -hmm. And I don't know why that day it was a, a shift because I'm sure I asked that question to myself tons of times. But that just day, it just hit me. So I would tell people really be compassionate with yourself because it it will be your time and you get to decide. I mean, we are the creator and the author and everything else of our destiny in our life. And just not putting so much pressure on yourself and comparing yourself and, and like all of that stuff, you get to move out of the way but it, it it is your time it will be your time like whatever your time is and you could decide that and sometimes it's also not shaming yourself either because I was doing a lot of that mm -hmm. yeah and it's really interesting that you share a little bit about the fact that even during this time, you, you were being coached, you were coaching. And, you know, that's not to say that, you know, oh my gosh, like how dare you coach when you yourself were struggling with, right? Like we can only know what we know. And I think that that's where ultimately when we are standing in leadership, that we are going to have those blind spots, but it's being able to be responsible and take ownership of having those self-reflective moments where it's like, oh, okay, wait, if I'm telling people that, you know, it's not okay to not treat yourself well, and here I am eating fast food for breakfast, lunch, and dinner, like, wait, like, that's actually like not aligned at all. And sometimes when people are working with me, and they're like, yeah, like, I'm really struggling with imposter syndrome. And then we go through and it's not because they have to do mindset work, it's actually embodiment work that they have to do, because they're not practicing what they preach. Because as service providers, as space holders, we're so great at doing it for everybody else. And then when it comes to us, the cup is empty. We're not pouring back into ourselves. Even if we have support or a coach, like what are you actually doing to really make sure that you're taking care of yourself first? And you had also mentioned, you know, identifying that you had some work addiction before you began your healing journey. Do you feel comfortable sharing a little bit more on that? 
Yeah, sure. So, and I'm going to say this too, before we get into the work addiction is I always say, lead yourself, lead your community, lead the world. So there's always going to be places and areas in our life that we may be a little bit leaky, right? Or we may need to leaky. I like that. <laughs> little leaky, little like not integrity. And it's like, we don't get to beat ourselves up. It's just like, okay, like I didn't work out this morning. Like true story this morning, I did not work out and I always work out. And it's like, okay, just, okay. It's just one day tomorrow, get back on the horse, right? So yes, are there times, like you said, like, oh, maybe we went and ate fast food or whatever, got Starbucks. It, it's like, okay, yes, and. So I'm a big component of yes, and, because it's like we we are constantly getting to lead ourselves and we're not perfect. So there's always going to be an area where, oh, that might be a little slipping, but the the, the job and the and the the beauty of it is like, okay, how can I lead myself even 1% better today, right? And not putting so much pressure or, you know, just being like, oh, I didn't do that and and just being a hot mess. So I will say that is like, okay, that, and that's the embodiment work, right? Leading ourselves. Sometimes that's the hardest part. And sometimes it's not, right? It's a practice. And so my work addiction was was that because I was beating myself up so mm. much and it stemmed from me not being also like seen or heard or like loved in certain ways as a child. So what I used to do and and so I was a big like performer. I was in sports. I was in dance. I was, I got really good grades. I I had to work harder than the rest because I actually wasn't a great test taker. So all of this accomplishment and all of that kept, right, telling my brain and my subconscious, oh, the more you do, the better you are, the better you are, you're going to get more recognized. The recognition from whoever it was, a boss, a stakeholder, a client, whatever, is going to make you feel the love, right, and the enoughness that may not be they may not be there, right? Or fulfilling that need that that wasn't fulfilled at five or six. So that was the game that I was playing. And and of course, I was in the fashion industry. And oh my gosh, I was reporting to all these important people and meeting with world leaders. And like the harder I worked, the more recognition I got, um, the more like, you know, I would travel, get these clothing allowances. And oh my gosh, amazing. And, you know, j- and so it wasn't their fault. And it was like, oh, I know I'm, performing for love in a sense, right? I'm a performing for love. So that's where it really, um, when I had that awareness is like, wow, I actually am enough and love just as I am. And however, my, that pattern I was, I kept doing my brain and my body were just like, no, because we, we know evidence. If you work hard and you do X, Y, and Z, then that's the payoff because there's always a payoff when we're doing something. So that was where it was sent from. It was a lot of inner childhood work, a lot of mirror work, looking at myself in the eyes, in the mirror, still today, sometimes naked, sometimes not. Uh, a lot of, you know, oh, so many modalities, uh, IFS uh, work, uh, internal family systems. Uh, what mm-hmm. else? There's been so many you know, chanting in circles, 
Uh, I could go on. There's been so many things I've done that have attributed to my healing. Mm. And when you were first starting on your healing journey, right? So we're like after it's been like two months of, you know, recovering from burnout and you're like, okay, like I I gotta do something about this. What was kind of your, your gateway drug, if you will, to, you know, doing more of this deep work and this healing work? Honestly, it became a little bit, I don't want to say addictive, but I really threw myself into personal development. Mm. So I was like, I was reading, I was going to conferences. So I was doing that. That was like my, okay, I know what it is. Now I want to find out how to heal it. So that was kind of my first, just getting my hands on anything and everything. I don't know if that answers the question, but yeah, no, it, it definitely, it definitely does. And I think that a lot of people, you know, personal development is where a lot of people start, right? Like how many of us, like it was self-help books, right? Like self-help books were like the thing. And then obviously now there's podcasts and YouTube channels and TikToks, and there's so many different ways to get that information. Um, and then, you know, when you start thinking about like, okay, I have all this awareness now, what do I do about it? what was the, what do I do about it when you started to peel back the layers and do a little bit more of that deep, you know, healing work after you gained the awareness? Yeah, it was definitely the inner childhood work. It was the mirror work. Like it was actually being with myself, even in times where I was a hot mess, or Mm. maybe I didn't know the answer. And like, can I be with myself when I don't approve of myself in a sense? Oh, yep. Yeah. So it's like, okay, when I'm looking at the mirror and my body naked, can I actually appreciate it? Or where does my mind first go? No. So the Mm -hmm. weight, to the cellulite, to the sagginess, whatever. (laughs) So it's a choice. It's a conscious choice. And... Also, even looking in my own eyes, like in the mirror work and being like, oh, my gosh, like the years because I also had a drinking problem. So the years that I would binge drink and like just all the foods I ate, like what I did to my body and like, can I just be and do forgiveness work around myself that I was Mm -hmm. doing the best that I could do with consciousness that I had. Mm. So mm-hmm. forgiveness work, I did a lot of forgiving myself for even, and this is some, this comes from the University of Santa Monica, uh, forgiving yourself for the misinterpretation or the the misbeliefs of something being something else, right? Because it's like, oh, maybe we label something, maybe we thought, uh, we were bad because of this. And it's like, no, we were just doing the best we can. And the truth is, like, I am whole and complete. The truth is, I'm a miracle in motion. The truth is, right, I am I am divine and my birthright were abundant. The truth is, so it's a lot of unraveling, right, the mm-hmm. parts of ourselves, the things that we have been conditioned from zero to seven years old, right, that wasn't mm-hmm. in our control, our environments, maybe our ta- caretakers, the people that we were around, 
the things that we were subjected to, that was not our fault. Because if we think of a two-year-old, the two-year-old is innocent, right? They're beautiful. They're, and we were all two years old, right? And then what occurs, we, and it's not, sometimes it's not our fault. It's our environment. It's the things we're subjected. So it's actually as adult is our responsibility for our healing, right? Mm -hmm. To really get underneath the hood and be like, okay, that is not mine, right? That is from either generations before me. Um, and sometimes it's in our DNA and only a two woo woo, but sometimes this stuff starts in the womb and, and mm -hmm. beyond. Uh, so it's, it's recognizing where maybe you're being held back or your limiting beliefs or what is, where do you get to expand, right? And, and shed in a, in a sense. So it's a lot of deeper things. And sometimes mm -hmm. we know it and sometimes we don't. And so it's just always saying curious. I like to tell people just stay curious, like, why am I doing this right now? Or why am I thinking this? Or why do I feel like this? And sometimes I tell people it's funny. Sometimes it's like, you know what? Maybe it's just like sleep, water, your hormones. Like it could be other things going on. Right? <laughs> yeah. At least, and it's like, check how much water did you drink today? Like how much sleep did you get the other night? You know, maybe your hormones are out of whack. So some people think it's like, oh my gosh, I'm feeling anxiety and depression all the time. And yes, that may be true. And it's like, let's look at the things where we get to lead ourselves and like, okay, how much sleep? Let's we'll just look at every, did you get outside today? Like sometimes it's very simple. I know if I'm ever in a funk, and I'm not saying this is a cure of everything. When I'm ever in a funk, I go outside and like two minutes outside could just change my whole, it could alter it. Or, you know, taking deep breaths or, or dancing to a two minute song. So... I know I'm going off on a little bit of a tangent. Nope, However, we love it. That's that's what we're here for. <laughs> but just checking in with self too, because a lot of times, especially if people are working with their trauma or it's a lot of deep stuff and a lot of people don't do the work because it's not comfortable. Um, looking at your stuff, looking at the shadow work, looking at the parts of you that you may not like or you know needs healing, that is heavy. And so sometimes we also get to play, you know, so it's really being gentle on yourself because when you are doing this work and uncovering all this stuff, it's like sometimes the gate, the shame, guilt, and all that stuff can come up. And, and that's where the IFS work comes in. It's the internal family systems, which is really states that all parts of us, uh, there's no good, there's no bad, there's no right or the wrong. It's just all parts of us are welcomed. Sometimes the guilt and the shame pops up. They're not wrong, right? It's just, but who's leading the conversation, right? Is the guilt and the shame leading it or is the forgiveness and love leading it? So IFS's work is really like all parts of us are welcome. Nothing is good, bad, right, or wrong. And it's just like, okay, but who is taking over here? You know, what, what kind of personality or, or what, what in our personalities are taking over? Because uh, sometimes people are like, oh, I feel so shameful. I'm a bad person. No, that doesn't mean you're a bad person. We, Everyone has shame and guilt and all of the feelings and or you and me. I mean, all the feelings are welcome. It's just, okay, what feelings are overtaken? You know, sometimes it's like, okay, we got to put that feeling down in the basement because in the living room, we got to drive. <laughs> but like, we got to adult today. Like, this is not serving us, right? So, but it's recognizing all parts and, and seeing those parts. Like, okay, hi, guilt and shame. 
here you are. I recognize you, but right now you need to go in the basement because I need to get on with my day. Mm, yeah. And that's, I'm so like, I also did training in, you know, parts work IFS. And I think that it's really amazing. Cause I, I looked at the, um, the list of modalities and methodologies that you have, you know, looked into, gotten certifications in, worked with, and there is like, you must love you some education lady, because like, there's like the well, think list about it. is I like, think- I've been coaching since 2009. So it's like, I've been on this journey and it's like, I'm just a self-learner and I love, and it's just like honing in on your craft, right? It's like a podcaster, right? Like if you've been podcasting since 2009 or 2000, like, well, not everybody, right? Some people are just going to take it to the next level. Yeah. And so, and I think that that's what, like, we as therapists, coaches, like people who are in, you know, the healing field, it's like, oh, like this is, you know, it's Enneagram, it's, you know, uh, human design, it's astrology. It's like, there's kind of always like the thing that is capturing everybody's attention. And it really seems like you've been able to kind of go in when those things become present to be like, all right, let me learn and see what this is all about. So I'm really curious of all of the modalities that you have been able to not only learn, but also practice, what do you find here now and today to be some of the most helpful or are there like bits and pieces that you take from everything? Yeah. So when I'm working with a client, it all just depends, right? So I don't really lean on one or the other. It's who's in front of me and how can I be of service to them? So mm-hmm. I will pull on certain ones if I think it'll be helpful in the conversation. For me personally, I will say they all work. I mean, I feel like they are all they all work and 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 they're all so um powerful. For me though, the biggest I guess shift is the embodiment of. So mm-hmm. whatever I'm doing, it's like how can I embody embody it? How can I be a more embodied leader? Whether that's from, okay, am I going to ask for what I want? And can I really receive? Like how much can I actually receive? Like how good can it get? How open and expanded can I be? So I am constantly uh, being like, okay, am I embodying the teaching? And that is like such a for me, like, okay, Kelly, how can I go deeper into my practice? Or how can I go deeper into life? Like really like coaching myself in a sense, but the embodiment work for me, because I also am, I'm definitely feminine energy and, and I'm definitely masculine because you don't climb the corporate ladder with any, no masculine energy for sure. So but I've been activating such in my masculine energy for so long that it's like, okay, now I actually get to embody, like I know it, left brain, I know the thing, I can do the thing, da 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 da. But it's like, actually, can you embody what you're learning? And mm, yeah, that okay. looks like a different level and layer to, because you could read it in a textbook, like actually, how are you when you walk into the room, right? How is your energy? How is your being? Uh, so for me personally, it's been like, if you're asking, like, I have all those things, it's, it's the embodiment of whether that's NLP, whether that's, you know, cognitive behavior or human design. It's like, how am I embodying the practice? Same thing with coaching. How am I actually being with the person in front of me 
and not thinking, oh, what am I going to say? What tool or technique am I going to use on them? It's like, mm-hmm. no, like sometimes it's actually just being present with the person. And like you're so beautifully did before we got on this podcast, like divinely asking for guidance of like being guided as, okay, guide me in the next move. Like what does this person or situation or thing that may I may be experiencing, like what is needed or what's being called of me or through me or to me or by me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think that, you know, that is like r- right there. That is the thing that a lot of people come to me and they're like, how do I pick a coach? Like, how do I, you know, know if somebody's a good coach or not? Do what certification do I look for? What, you know, what do I look for? And I tell people all the time that, you know, any, anybody can get a certification. Anybody can not get a certification. Same thing with therapy. Anybody can become a therapist. Anybody can get a therapy license. That doesn't necessarily mean that that is a safe person. It doesn't mean that that's an ethical person. It doesn't mean that that person is actively doing their own work to make sure that they're not going to bring their shit into, you know, your space or they're, you know, putting their bias on you or anything like that. What I tell people all the time is like, you need to pay attention to how you feel when you are in the presence of that person. Do you feel like they are listening? Do you feel like they are showing up and holding space for you? Do you feel like it is a completely safe, non-judgmental energy? Are you feeling afraid to say certain things to them because of how they're going to respond right there? Like that's a red flag. Um, are they getting support? Do they have a mentor? Do they have a coach? Um, or even just like a networking group that they're a part of that, you know, is holding them accountable because I feel like that's one of the things where I'm not pro therapy or pro coaching. I'm, I'm, you know, I'm both, I'm in both areas and I don't think one's better than the other. I think that they're really good for different reasons and for, you know, different people in different seasons of life. But what I do think is really important and what I really want to kind of highlight for a moment because of what you were sharing is this embodiment piece. It really does come back down to, again, like you can take all of the courses in the world. You can have 17 different certifications. But if you, as the person who is leading, as the person who is the space holder, you're not taking the time to actually make sure that you're doing your own work, you inevitably are going to be probably, hopefully unconsciously, right? We're hopefully not consciously causing harm to people, but unconsciously causing harm. And I feel like that is where a lot of people come back and they're like, oh my gosh, like that coach was basically a cult leader or like they were super toxic. Or like I got to a point where like I bought three more packages because I was afraid to tell my coach no. And I'm like, oh my gosh, like that's that's like so not okay. Um, So I would love if you could just speak a little bit on, you know, just from your perspective, like that embodiment piece and like what you look for in terms of if you're going to refer to somebody, if you were asked, okay, Kelly Lynn, like what should I look for in a coach? How you kind of express those, you know, kind of thoughts and feelings to people. Oh my gosh, yeah, it's such a loaded question. And I, I do agree with you. I know, it's a little bit of a hot seat, hot topic. <laughs> it's, but it's a good one, though. It's a good one because it is, it's like people, sometimes people will just say, okay, yeah, what is what are your certification? I hardly, people hardly ask me if I'm certified, by the way. Uh, but it's like, what is your certifications? And the, what can you do for me? And all this thing. And sometimes it's like, no, it's like coaching is so personal and ther- so is therapy, right? It's, it's like a personal thing right it's and it's also a safe space that you get to hold right so to me 
I don't know if there's like a checklist of sort. Uh, for me, I always listen to my intuition. I mean, of course, I, I, you know, I become an FBI agent and I stalk the person. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Listen, you know, we have our little... We got, we got you on LinkedIn. We got you on Facebook. We have your high school graduation photo. <laughs> yeah. Like, you could do that. And, and I would say, yeah, do some research on the person, you know, if you, and also, uh, you know, you can talk to some of their clients, past clients, current clients, if, if they're willing. And like, so there's different things you can do. And I think the way that I have always chosen my coaches and the programs and everything is, um, first of all, every single coach or program I have been, I have gotten something out of it. So I know some people take like, oh, I didn't get anything out of that. So no, it's like, actually, you did learn because if it was a mistake and you invested and you didn't like the coach or the group or that, it's like, okay, well, that taught you something to to not do what they're doing or whatever. <laughs> right? It's like, no. Right. All information is good information. Exactly. But I really go with how I feel with that person. Like you said, is it a safe container? Um, I've always, and I've definitely done my research. I stalk them and all the things and I actually be with the person and maybe I'll get into their world in a certain way, like in a smaller Mm. way or, or, you know, just that is actually epically great advice. Like, I love that because everybody has kind of like, you know, free groups or sales funnels or an email list. Like there's all of these very like either low ticket or very free ways to get into people's energy. That is. Yes. Because why not? It's kind of like the the Baskin Robin red spoon technique, right? (laughs) This just got so much better. I love it. Oh my God. So when you go to Baskin Robbins, right, they have the red spoon. I don't know if they still do it today, but they're like, do you want to try, you know, do you want to try something like a little scoop or whatever? So it's like, yeah, you're not going to get, and listen, don't base your whole decision on the red scoop. I mean, some people do. But it's like you can get a taste of what that person, like you said, their energy feel. It doesn't even have to, you don't even have to invest so much. And if, if they don't have anything like that, um, sometimes, a lot, you know, sometimes people are on these summits or they speak. I mean, you can, sometimes you can get some kind of something from them. So I would just uh, do that, I would say, as the, as the first thing. But then also like, you know, how did you meet them or did they come recommended? And sometimes even the recommended people are not a fit for you just because, you know, a colleague or a friend or a family or whoever referred you doesn't mean, or another coach doesn't mean that they're the fit. So yeah, I would just try to get into their worlds and, um, it's going to be, it's going to be different for every single person. That's why it's like, I don't like giving like this cookie cutter checklist of like, what do you look for? I think it's how safe you feel. And, you know, and, and sometimes you, you also, I like to think of it as like resonance and dissonance. Like sometimes mm-hmm. I have moved out of coaching, you know, relationships because I just don't resonate anymore. And I not that I've grown out, but I've I've moved on. Like I've gotten the lesson, I've gotten the gift, and then I move on. So, and again, no good or bad, but it's also kind of like friendships, right? Like sometimes we have friendships that we either grow apart or we don't talk as much, or so it's the same thing. And so, but I do say take your time. Like don't rush into anything. And, um, yeah, I'm trying to think of what else would be helpful. I mean, obviously if they're, you can never know if they're really, the coach is walking their walk or talking their time. I mean, you can over time, uh, but just see what they're up to, you know, really study them a little bit. 
um, see how you feel when you're in their vortex or their energy or you kind of get into their sphere in some way or another. And, and again, not every coach is different. You know, every, some use cookie cutter methods, some use their intuition. It just all depends. And I think it's such, it's kind of like dating. It's like, oh, well, how, you know, <laughs> what matchmaker do I use? Oh, I don't know. Do you like that match? Do you like that matchmaker? You know, like it's, it's so, um, cause there's so many coaches now and there's so many different types of coaching too. And it's also, I would say this to people, identify and really just ask yourself, like, what do you need in this moment? Sometimes it's going to be like, okay, I really want to focus on making money, right? Or I really want to focus on making money, but also regulating my nervous system at the same time. Sometimes mm. it's like, I just need the strategy. And sometimes, hey, hey, I just need the nervous system regulation. So sometimes it can be an end, again, end conversation. Or sometimes it's more of like, I want to focus externally here more or internally here more. Again, nothing good or bad. It's whatever season you're in and whatever you need. But really tune in with yourself and be like, okay, what do I need in this moment? Because sometimes you may think you need the business strategy coach, but you actually need like to calm your nervous system down mm -hmm. and to actually mm -hmm. relax because you've been overworking your whole entire life, like myself. I need to calm myself. Yeah. Business coach, you know, so. Yeah. And I think, you know, going along with that, you kind of started out in the self-love space and now, you know, you've kind of moved into the executive and leadership space. And so, you know, per part of it, you know, complete transparency is personal curiosity, but I know that we have a lot of other, you know, coaches that are going to be listening to this. How do you kind of set your sights on moving from one niche, if you will, into something? I mean, obviously, it's not completely different for you. It's very related to your background in, you know, the corporate world. Um, but how did you start to make that transition? Yeah, so I've transitioned a lot. So I actually started. <laughs> my no, I love that. That's great. That's beautiful permission. Yeah, if I please, if you go back like 2015, like I had this whole movement called the After Five Club. Whereas helping women, you know, develop their side hustles alongside their day jobs. Um, I did, I did do self-love as well. Um, cause in the beginning, I didn't know what I wanted to coach on. I didn't have a niche. I was just, I, you know, I just, you know how I started? I literally started when I was in coaching school at IPEC, they're like, go coach. So I literally sent an email out to family and friends and said, I'm coaching 50 people for free. <laughs> people for great. And in the middle of it, I was like, why am I not charging? Um, so I coached. <laughs> That's a lot of free coaching. <laughs> I guess I was like, oh, well, I'm, it, what it did, it definitely built my confidence. And I was like, okay, no, I'm not a nutrition coach. I don't want to talk to people about their food and all that. So, like, so we got me to like, okay, I, I know I don't want to do that. I know I don't want to coach this. So that got me really started. And then as I grew and as I developed, you know, and even um, like right now I do executive coaching, but I am also, if you go on online, I'm mostly female founding, you know, growing their businesses and like internally and externally. So it's like, I can coach executives with my eyes closed because I've been in that world for 20 plus years. Right. And it's like, oh, I know, like, like, trust me, I've been through a whole um, So it's, yeah, I think for people, it's because you are going to shift. You may you may be a life coach and then you may want to niche down or you may start with a niche and then you might go wide. So 
to me, the conversation is also, because I've had this whole niching conversation with coaches too. It's uh, like, yeah, I was going to say, it's a very prominent conversation in the industry. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah. And to like, niche or not to niche. <laughs> and again, it's not good or bad. It depends on the person. It depends on the business. It depends. It's just, it depends. Um, for so long, I know what I was doing is I was trying to fit, what is it, a round hole in a square peg or a square peg in a round hole. I was like, what niche? Like, and I would get so, I waste so much energy. Like mm-hmm. thinking I needed to have it figured. It's like, Kelly, just go coach. Like, just, <laughs> just, go do, just go pick something. I remember one of my coaches was like, just pick something and do it for six months. Just do, stick with it for six months and then you can just change. One thing. <laughs> just one thing. And sometimes like, and, and then I, I got bored of the one, right? So I've, I've always had this relationship of like, I, I don't know, like sometimes I think it's a good t- thing to niche. Sometimes it, it's not. It really just depends on like where you are in the coaching journey, how many years you've been in, all the things. And again, it's like what it comes down to is if you really, right, like really have a strategy or direction and uh, leading yourself and having the support and being in the right environment. Like, I mean, I see people myself. Sometimes I don't, sometimes I don't need a sales page, an email, sales calls to sell high ticket stuff. Right. So, cause it's, it's not, sometimes it's not all the bells and whistles we need. It's just like getting in the game and doing the damn thing, you know? Mm, mm-hmm. Yeah. And kind of that is a beautiful segue into, so you not only are a coach, but you also give back in terms of, you know, being a mentor. You also do so much in terms of networking. Um, you have a lot of, you know, free networking. I was able to be on like one of your calls and it was like so incredibly valuable. Um, and, you know, you also have like the up level of that, which is like the group where, you know, there's a paid membership. And I've, really can see from the outside how you've kind of like intentionally stacked your business and your brand to really be supportive of you, but also to be so supportive of so many other people. Um, And so I would love if you could just share a little bit about how you just started to expand so that you were able to impact in this way. Yeah. So I always think of how am I creating a ripple effect for others? Mm, right. Okay. It's either there's a saying when you walk into the room, you're either breathing life into the room or you're sucking energy or life out. So I'm like, okay, what, what who am I today? So <laughs> sometimes it's like, am Kelly, I a dragon or a vampire? Am I yeah. a dragon or a vampire? <laughs> Kelly, sometimes you need to stay in the room um, by yourself. Say no, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it's, it's also like, my mission I knew was very clear. Like, even though it was very big, it's like, I am here to leave a legacy for the next generations to come. So whatever that, that looks like. And, and so I've always lived by that. It's like, okay, what can I create or, or who can I be to do that? So it yeah. just organically happened. Like, I, like I've always really volunteered, like whether it was like food shelters or with little girls or young children. And then it's like, and then. I think it was like when my nieces were born, I was like, wow, like I really got to step up my game because I'm not a mom. Uh, And so it's like, wow, like these younger girls, like they really need our help. So that became a passion of mine. 
And then also it's like, what did I need when I started out in my business? It's like, and that's really also like how the networking, because I love to network. It's like, why am I not creating? And your networking is so fun. If anybody ever gets like, you know, we'll probably put a link in, in the bio here, but like, really I have gone and it was so much fun. Like everyone was so energized. You get on the call, people are like, Hey, you, Hey, so good to see you. Like, like, so just energized. And it was like the middle of the day on a Wednesday, I think is when you have them. And I was like, Oh my gosh, these people, like they're, they're, most of them are probably giving up their lunch hour and they are excited to be here. This is amazing. Yeah. I mean, and that just started as like, I just want to have fun. Like there is no ulterior motive to that. Like, it's just like, come into my world. You don't have to do anything with me. Right. And and now people are starting to talk. So it'll take a, a life of its own. Right. Because it's like when you were being of service and you really are being of service and you're not, it's not like a give to get kind of thing. It's like, it just takes on because I have and people are like, what's your strategy around it? Like, what are you like? What? I'm like, I nothing. Like, it, it's if people like the people, they can go to my private membership and work with me. But it's like, right? I don't sell it. Like, maybe I'll say, oh, this is what I'm doing, but I don't. I think you like, spent like maybe 12 seconds at the very end of the call where you were like, we were like at the end of the. You're like, by the way, if you want to like connect with more people or anything like that, and I have a call right after this, so I have to go. So like, you know, come into my private membership. I'll email you guys the link. Can't love you. Bye. Like, <laughs> right? Because and I was like. Wow, she like literally waited till the very last second to just be like, and by the way, here's this thing. And it wasn't because you were like hiding it or shy or whatever. That just literally wasn't your priority. And I was like, I like her. <laughs> yeah, because because that is strictly, right? Like that's just one of the ways that it's like, okay, like it, uh, there's been people doing, getting clients, doing business, making friendships. Like I love that. And I like, so it's it's like, okay, like how can I, create a ripple effect too and of course like does it make oh have you been the Kelly like it creates a buzz like I like I love that stuff but it's I'm not doing it because of that I'm doing it because like listen it's an hour out of my time once a month like to give back right to really like whoever shows up shows up and it's like there's no attachment whatsoever to it as well so I think that's why it works so well if five people show up awesome if 50 people show up amazing so I always think of like I, we, you all have gifts and, and talents within you, right? And sometimes we were like, well, I don't know how to get my next client. It's like, you know what? Just go out and serve. Like just, and, and not give it away to your detriment. I'm not saying that either. Right, right. Like, you like, we're we not work. martyrs. We are not women who do not know our worth, right? But like, you can definitely have that energy of reciprocity for sure. Yeah, and you'll see like, so it's, and it's also like taking care of yourself. So it's like, yes, if you need to make money, take care of your needs first. So it's like, it's not to overgive from an empty cup kind of thing, but it's like, mm-hmm. okay, we all have gifts and talents. It's kind of like tithing, right? In church, like give a certain percentage of money or time or energy away. And it's like, it'll then be, right? And it's not give to get. So, I, and I always think like, there's so many people better off than me, but there's so many people that are not. There's so many people that are suffering that even like, even just as simple as like, you know, when people pay for your toll, like the person in front of you pays for like something like that, like it could be an act of kindness. So I'm always like, okay, how can I get? And you know, some days I can't give. like, let's just be honest. And, and so it's honoring, okay, where are you at? And, and sometimes I, I, I cannot give like there, there's nothing to give in cer- on certain days. So it's being aware of kind of like where you are, what you need. And then also like, how can you give back? Um, 
in a sense that, you know, makes you feel good. Because it does make you feel good. Like, I love the networking because it makes me feel so good. And like, oh, everyone's connecting. Like, I get so excited. And like, when I hear people hiring each other and I'm like, oh my gosh, it's amazing. Like, so it's, there's something to that. And, you know, we all, we only have a certain amount of time here on this physical plane. And so as I get older, like each year, I'm like, oh my gosh, like if we, and I'll be a little reality here, a reality check for everyone, you know, let's just take 80 years old, 90 years old, maybe a hundred, like pick your number and pick that number and then subtract it to how old you are now. It's like, and then that's like how many summers we have left, right? If, if we live up to that, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. So it's like, we really get to look at, okay, reality check. Am I doing what I love? Am I giving back? Am I leaving a legacy? And not everyone's well to leave a legacy, but it's like, okay, how can I just make this day or this week like the best one? Yeah, because we're, we're only, we only have the present moment too. So it's just a reality of check of like, just getting kind of real with yourself. And it's like, wow, we really don't as much time as we think we have, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think, you know, <laughs> I would be like, if people listen to nothing from this podcast, like listen to the last like six minutes, um, because I think that that is the the gem there where, you know, when you really find that sweet spot where you are able to show up and be of service where it's not a detriment, you know, to yourself and also being willing to recalibrate that on a day-to-day basis um, is really beautiful. I, I just got back from a spiritual retreat and that was like my big, like, aha, like moment where I, cause I was like, okay, like on this spiritual retreat, I'm going to get so much clarity about my business. I'm going to know what my purpose is and what I'm here for and answer all these questions. And it ended up being so simple. Like I, I know exactly like who I'm here to serve. I know exactly how I meant to serve. I just need to like show up and do it and stop overcomplicating it and making it like be so much harder than, it, it really like it really can be that simple. And I think that's also where what we're giving our energy to really matters because when we get really caught up in like, okay, if I don't like, you know, use the algorithm correctly, nobody's gonna do the blah blah blah. Like, wow. But if you're really able to focus your energy into, okay, like what are my gifts? How do I want to show up and serve? Not even focusing too much on the who, right? We we had that like conversation about niching. Like maybe that matters, maybe it doesn't matter. It really depends on the person. And this is where when I'm work with my clients, I'm like, I don't care about your ideal client avatar or whatever. If I hear that acronym like one more time, um, like we work on an energy signature, right? Like what does it feel like to work with that person? Like what does that, what energy are you calling in that you feel like you actually have something to give or to guide or to alchemize, you know, for that, you know, person. Um, and people are like, oh my gosh, well, if you put it that way, I know exactly who I want to work with. Like, awesome, great. Because at the end of the day, this is all just a meat suit anyway. It doesn't really matter. Like, you know, if you wake up and have coffee in the morning on your way into, like, <laughs> I too have written an ideal client narrative and I'd be totally fine if I never write one ever again in my life, not planning on it. Um, but, you know, just to kind of sum that back into really creating an intention around service. Like I just, I love that. And that was like such a big takeaway when I heard you um, speak at the event that we were at. And I think, you know, just to kind of like wrap us up here, I'd love for you to share a little bit about the ways that you in particular have chosen to show up and be of service. Yeah. And I would just say this before I get into that, it's kind of like when you take a shower and like you let your, you let your brain rest or you go on vacation. It's like, 
also allowing, just allowing, because a lot of us are so busy, like you said, we're so, what's the next thing? What, what is it? Like to, and it's like this, the world is so noisy and, and moving fast. And it's like, how about we just decompress, right? Um, so the ways I am of service is first to myself. That has been the mm-hmm. biggest, biggest learning. And I am still learning that. And so when I say being service of my, to myself is just the, the one question of like, what do I need in this moment? Or what do I need today? Mm. And I think so many of us, not everybody, but a lot of us are like, we're something to someone else or we're doing other things for other people or people have kids or family members or they're t- caretakers. It's like, but what do you need? Right. So it's, it's getting into that practice of like, what do I need in this moment? And actually leading ourselves to that. And then... Then I'm like, okay, now that I'm taken care of, what, how can I serve, right? From, and sometimes your cup is not going to be an overflow. However, it's like, how can I serve if I feel like at a base level? Um, how can I be of service to other people? And it's, it, there's so many ways. Like I said, it could be, it could be doing a random act of kindness. It could be giving something away for free. It could be, Asking someone else how their day was, right? Or giving, um, sending maybe three text messages to people that you haven't talked to in a while and say, hey, I'm thinking of you or I miss you or I love you or whatever. And it's mm-hmm. also, I think, showing the people in your life too, like how you love them or that they're, you're thinking. It could be an email, right? It could be a social media, you know, DM. So it could be any single thing for people. And also, I think it's also taking care of like, our bodies, like our physical bodies too, and our mental health. And yeah. I'm sure you know, right? It's like, what, again, goes back to that question, like, what do I need in this moment? Maybe it's a walk. Maybe it's to just sit in a room by yourself for a minute. So I think there's so many different ways and it's so important that we we are service to ourselves and then we're service to, to others. Mm, I love that so much. And so if people want to be involved in your work with, you know, young women, if they want to be involved in your networking opportunities, what are some of the ways that people can kind of plug in to be able to be connected in that way? Yeah, I'll make it simple for people. I would just say get on my newsletter list, you know, head over. (laughs) I love it. Because I was like, I was like, you have a lot of things going on. I was like, we will absolutely include things in the show notes. Absolutely, we will. Um, but yeah, there's a lot of different, and I know that you, you speak at things, there's conferences, there's summits, um, you know, you are in the Philadelphia area. Um, so there's lots of things that you do there. And I think you, the day that I talked to you, you also could have gone to New Jersey. We were in New Jersey or New York. That was like, you could have also ended yes, up in New no. York by the end of the day. <laughs> yeah. So I'm, I'm actually right outside of New York. So that's, that's oh, where you I'm are. From. Wow. So you traveled to Jersey for the event. Okay. Yeah. So, but I'm all over. Like, you'll see me, I'm going to like Arizona next month or no, this month, next week. Like, I'm all over the place. So, um, but based near New York City in New Jersey. But yeah, I would just say get on my newsletter list at kellylynnadams.com. And then I update, you know, people. Uh, I, I sometimes I send a lot of newsletters. So just FYI. Um, <laughs> but they're all good. I mean, they're all, but you'll find everything there. So, and then you can just, you know, stalk me on social media. I'm, I'm in all the places. So. 
Yeah, that is amazing. Kelly Lynn, thank you so much for your time today. This was a really, like, I I really enjoyed hanging out with you. I love your orientation to service. I love your story. And I think that you are such an inspiration. I really just so grateful that you were able to take the time to come and just share with us. Oh my gosh, Amber, you you are up to big things. I'm honored. It is an honor and privilege to just be here, you know, with your audience, with the people that are going to listen to this, you are doing incredible work, like, and just like tuning into that and really like you're shifting like one soul at a time. Like you're, you're, this podcast is viral. It's, it's going to be huge. So the, just the energy around it, like I feel it's so good. So thank you so much. There you have it. Another episode of the Sacred Leadership Podcast on the books. I hope your time spent here served you and nourished you. Join us every Tuesday for more honest conversations and powerful insights. Remember, exceptional leaders share the wealth. Send this episode to someone who would benefit, leave a review to let others know about the show, and subscribe so you don't miss an episode. Talk to you soon.